0: Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Ag View Pitch. Today you have Shay Folk with Mitchell Hora. Mitchell, uh, tell the listeners who you are and where you're located, please.
1: Yeah, Mitchell Hora. I'm, number one, I'm a farmer. I'm seventh generation on my family's farm. We're near Washington, Iowa, uh, about 700 acre row crop operation down there, corn, soybeans, and relay crops, cereal rye. Um, I'm also the founder and CEO of Continuum Ag. We're a software company. And Emer- started as quantifying soil health, mapping soil health, especially with the Haney test, but really now it's holistic regen ag management, taking that whole story all the way to uh, quantifying outcomes, specifically carbon intensity, uh, which is the hot topic here carbon. today. But continu- and continue ag right now, we're in like 43 states and 20 countries, uh, just shy of 30 people on
0: the team. Yeah. Carbon intensity. That is going to be the focus of today's discussion. And, and we're going to get into the meat and potatoes, but, uh, Mitchell, this is developed rapidly for you. I think in the last few years and even the last several months, this thing is like a roller coaster, uh, nothing but up right now. Tell me a little bit about how things have changed over the last five years and just an overarching view of what you're most excited about as we move forward.
1: Absolutely bonkers. Um, I started the, I started continuing back in 2015. I was at Iowa State and started as a agronomy consulting company. I was doing soil sampling and that was pretty much it. Like 10 bucks an acre for handy testing. That was the business. Did that from 20 starting in 2015, graduated 2017. In 2020, we launched the software, Topsoil, to be able to actually manage all that data. In something like 2021, we launched a new product called the Regen Roadmap. Which was basically a holistic agronomic consulting program driven by software, but instead of only focusing on fertility, we're focusing on holistic regen ag management. In 2022, August of 2022, the Inflation Reduction Act was passed. And um, the key provision of the Inflation Reduction Act is the 45Z tax credit, which is for low carbon transportation fuel producers.
0: Now, now for the listeners right now, if the reason we're doing this podcast is I want this to be very actionable and I want it to be something that really drives home. So if you're sitting in a tractor cab, listening in the combine as you get rolling on corn harvest, get a pen and paper, pull up the notes app on your phone, start writing some of this stuff down because it's going to be really crucial on what I think and what Mitchell thinks is probably pretty darn relevant for you guys moving forward. So 45Z tax credit, yeah. uh, numbers, letters, there's a lot going on there.
1: Just 45 Z. So it's just the 45 Z start searching that carbon intensity. Um, I've got multiple, um, additional materials on it, on my podcast, the top soul podcast and on YouTube, um, search continuum mag. And we got a bunch of stuff on there too. Um, yeah, especially as you got, got time in the, in the cab here, this harvest season. Um, but be careful and pay attention while you're doing it. Don't get too excited <laughs> to listen to this and like I did But anyway, so, uh, um, so the Inflation Reduction Act that was passed August of 2022, 45Z starts January 1st, 2025. So we're talking about next year's crop. Mm-hmm. And we're having this conversation today because the decisions that we make this fall around cover crop, tillage, fertilizer, manure, all of that is going to impact the carbon footprint of our crop grown in 2024. The 45Z tax credit gives ethanol, biodiesel, renewable diesel, and sustainable aviation fuel companies tax credits for lowering the overall carbon footprint of the fuel.
0: So, guys, these are processors that you're already working with yeah. that are in this space they're buying your product. And many of you probably already have a trusted relationship with these end users. So this is why it's important to be taking notes here and take this conversation to them after you listen to this podcast and say, hey, how do I get to be a part of this?
1: Yeah, ask them what is their program around carbon intensity? What's the premium structure? How much does the farmer get paid? Who is their data partner? Um, Are they doing any pilot projects right now? If you're already doing some of these practices, carbon intensity is completely different than some of the carbon programs that have been discussed in the past. Okay. Throw that away. Carbon programs like those from Indigo and SIBO and Nori and the like, those are carbon offsets Mm -hmm. that go into voluntary carbon markets where that one ton of carbon or the carbon credit is worth like what, 15 to $35 per ton. And it's sold into a voluntary marketplace on its own. And because it's in the global voluntary marketplaces, the they have to abide by rules like additionality, permanence, leakage. They have to go through third party, uh, they have to go on the registry, like those from Vera, Climate Action Reserve, and Gold Standard. It's very cumbersome. There's not a lot of money flowing. And a lot of listeners have probably had a lot of headaches from some of those programs. So maybe kind of been screwed over by some of them. Yeah. Hopefully a couple. People have gotten paid, and who knows yep. if you have. Okay, <laughs> throw all that away. Yep. The difference here is that it, the carbon footprint of your grain goes with the grain in the supply chain. So it doesn't matter if you're new to the practice or just adding the practice. It doesn't matter what you did last year or what you're going to do next year. It is only what went into that bushel.
0: So, guys, this is, this is why. Yeah, this is why this is different is if you're sitting here and you've been doing reduced tillage, you've been utilizing cover crops for five years or 30 years, it doesn't matter. This is the bushel of grain that you're producing that carries that carbon footprint with you. Right, Mitchell? That's exactly right. And that's why I love it so much. Like my family has been doing these practices for decades.
1: And overall, in the across the country, corn has an average carbon intensity score of 29.1%. Because of our practices, our corn, some of our fields are negative 10.1, substantial difference there. And that drives a value, a potential total tax credit value. We don't know what the farmer cut is gonna be yet, but the 45Z credits that could be developed around that are worth north of $2 a bushel. On our 240 bushel corn, we're talking north of $500 an acre in economic value for the ethanol company and ourselves to partake in together.
0: So so let's come back to the economic value real quick. I wanna go back to your numbers because carbon intensity and 29.1 and negative 10.1, That what are we measuring here? Because this is where people get into the carbon space and they're like, well, I don't freaking know how to measure carbon, this isn't what right. I do all the time. So what, what does that actually mean? Yeah,
1: so the units are grams of GHG equivalents per megajoule of energy. Okay, and the reason for that is that that is the standard unit utilized across a wide array of different fuels and energy inputs.
0: So that's the grams of greenhouse gases per megajoule of energy. Correct. That's correct. That's okay. correct.
1: Grams. So it's instead of doing per ton, like a carbon credit is one ton yep. of G, of CO two equivalents or GHG equivalents. This is just in grams because we're now not talking per acre. We're talking per bushel and per megajoule of energy. And that's so that's
0: what, why it's grams. And that's what's used in the the renewable fuels and the ethanol. Yeah. I mean, that's how they're measuring this. So you have to you have to you have to back into it and correlate it back to okay, we don't really care how you're measuring it on the farm. This is how we're measuring it to the end user.
1: Well, so it, it ties into the farm and I'll share exactly how farmers can get their scores right now. So uh gasoline has a carbon fo- carbon intensity score that averages around 100. So 100 grams of GHG equivalents per megajoule. Ethanol today, U.S. ethanol, has an average score of 55.5. So gasoline is 100. Ethanol is 55.5. Out of that 55.5, corn is 29.1, more than half. Mm -hmm. But corn coming off our farm is negative. And the average corn in our network um, with Continuum Ag is a score of eight. And a lot of listeners here, you probably don't have a score of 29. If if you're on a good nutrient management plan, you're getting good yield, you're using some manure instead of a lot of synthetics, you're reducing tillage and cover crop, you've got a good score already. How to quantify that is with a carbon model called the GREET model. That's G-R-E-E-T. It was developed by the U.S. Department of Energy at the Argonne National Lab in the Chicago area. Now, getting that GREET score is really complicated to go at it on your, your own, We've, we launched it in our software in late May of this year. So you can go to topswell.ag, complete the farm profile, and you can unlock your carbon intensity score. We are charging for that. um, uh, But if you utilize code CA10, you can get a 10% discount on that code for any of the listeners uh, that are on here today. Um, It's 500 bucks to get the score, but, you know, 50 bucks off um, if you plug in that code ca10 um at checkout it, it's capital c and capital a for Continuum mac
0: but so so guys um, I, I want you to get your that. score yeah and i want you to think about that 500 bucks i mean i i've spent money on things that are not worth spending 500 on and uh you know that's that's a parts run during harvest right so my encouragement is i went through and did this the other day i'd reached out after uh, joe Vakovic and paul nefer had done a podcast on this And poor Mitchell, he got, he got inundated, which is a good thing here, but went through and I actually calculated the CI score for our farm operation. And I think we came in about 4.5 or something in there uh, just based on the other practices. And it, it wasn't that difficult. I mean, it took a little bit of time, but I think I hopped on five o'clock one morning and I was done by 630. Right. So, I mean, to get your fields hopped in. Maybe, maybe even a little bit faster than that. I don't remember exactly.
1: You added all your fields and everything. A farmer doesn't actually have to go to the full extent that you did. All yeah. they have to do is complete the farm profile, oh, which okay. just asks what crops do you grow. So it's just what crops do you grow? And then you fill out the default practices for those crops. Gotcha. It sh- I'm hoping that that part, alone, just that part, takes about 10, 15 minutes per crop.
0: Yeah. So, because it's just a survey. Yep. Okay. So guys, and that's the only t- part that
1: you need to do for now.
0: Hop on get your CI score. Okay. So Mitchell, they get their CI score. Um, Their, their farmer, Shay sitting here, I have a CI score of 4.5. What does that mean? Who cares? What do I do with that information?
1: Yeah. So that base thing is just to know what's your baseline, where are you at today? And to your point, I've, I've been searching this for years of what is my farm's actual carbon footprint? Like Mm -hmm. all these carbon programs were paying for the change of practice. Their privatized cost share. I'm like, I don't care about that. I already changed the practices. What is my farm's actual footprint? And now we finally have it. It's not perfect by any means, but this is the tool that's being utilized and that's already signed into this law. So, um, but you get that score, and that's just what is your baseline like corn footprint score. Okay. You can't do a whole lot with it besides start having the conversations. And also in our tool, you can play around with practice changes like. What happens if I would add a cover crop or what happens if I do change my nitrogen or if I add more yield by using a better hybrid or a biological or whatever, we have two free tools in the software that you can play with your score. Mm-hmm. The next step though, is if you want to monetize your 2024, low carbon grain, you're going to have to go through a third party certification and verification process. Yep, That's, that's what we, have really expanded our business model to back to your original question, okay. how we got here. Yep. I started the company as a farmer, doing soil sampling, looking at soil health. Then it was, well, we need to be more holistic and look at all of Regen Ag and we developed the Regen Roadmap. Now it's, we need to get that story third-party verified. Gotcha. We do that for $5 per acre. Yep. It's called CI certification by Continuum Ag. At that point, you do need to have all your fields added because we're going to get CI scores field by field and therefore for every bushel of your operation. But at the end of the day, Farmer Shea is going to have a is going to have one carbon intensity score for all those bushels because they'll be aggregated together, and yeah, we'll right. get a weighted average CI score. Then, when you sell to your ethanol company, you say, "Hey, I've got three hundred thousand bushels with a CI score of negative four, and I've got it third party verified. This is legit. It's already gone through the process. I know that it's worth about a dollar eighty. To you, ethanol company, uh, what's my cut going to be? Hmm. And and I know that I can bring a lot of value to you. I can't monetize this on my own. It's, a, a farmer cannot monetize 45Z. 45Z is for the biofuel manufacturer. They get the tax credit, not the farmer. Yep. However, they need our low carbon grain to maximize their opportunity in these tax credits. So what I'm really striving for here is we need to have the conversations. We need to have collaboration. We need to have sharing. We need to have transparency. This is an incredible opportunity to enable low-carbon fuel, fend off the electric vehicle movement and stuff, showing, hey, we electric vehicles, whatever, that's fine. It's going to continue to happen. But here is a low-carbon, American-made biofuel that has low-carbon footprint, grown in a regenerative manner that improves water quality and biodiversity and all these other outcomes and uh, and it drives economics back to the family farm so i think just a huge opportunity for us to tell this story um now again today it's only for biofuel mm. if you're in an animal supply chain and stuff they don't get these tax credits but uh and you, you might not be able to get paid at all Right. which kind of sucks. And sorry, but that's just the way that DC works. They gave the tax credits to the, the fuel industry first, because 40% of US corn goes into ethanol. So it's the big chunk, but it this concept will absolutely go into other supply chain verticals. I just don't know exactly how soon that mm-hmm. will happen.
0: So let, let's go back to the, the economic value of this. You said $2, you said $1. eighty. Okay. Walk through me real quick to the listeners. What is the true value back to uh, these processors that are making these fuels? And then how does that trickle down or translate, if you will, to the farm operation, to Farmer Shea delivering bushels?
1: Yep. So the dollar values you can see in topsoil, when you unlock your score, you'll see what your total pie, total value that you're creating, you'll see that. We don't know what your cut will be.
0: So my, if, mine is showing $340 an acre on my 4.5 yeah. grams per megajoule.
1: Yep. So the uh, what was it? 3.4 grams?
0: Uh, 4.5 grams and $340 an acre potential CI value is how it's laid out here. That's right. So the
1: $300 and some dollars per acre is your 200 and some bushel corn with a score of, of four. And um, that's the value that the ethanol company would get so say you get somewhere between uh, so i'm anticipating somewhere between 25 and 50% of that value mm-hmm. but we don't know yet the okay. best numbers that i'm hearing so far are 25% there's a lot of uh there's a lot of different pilot projects going on with very very low payments but for 45z i'm anticipating uh your cut should be fairly substantial but step number 1 is knowing what your score is and what the value
0: is. So, so guys, but, uh, this is the math that's going through my head right now. Eighty-five dollars an acre is twenty-five percent of that number, roughly. If I'm adding eighty-five dollars an acre back into my operation, on you know this cost, you said five dollars an acre, $500 five hundred dollars to register. Bucks. Okay, so let's say on fifteen hundred acres, we have eight thousand bucks into this, and you're telling me that I'm going to get eighty-five dollars an acre back into this. We're talking, we're talking one hundred fifteen, hundred twenty thousand dollars potential impact to our operation in 2024. So this is why I wanted to drive home these numbers and drive home the message here of like, it's crazy the impact that this could have on an individual basis. And the funds are, correct me if I'm wrong, but the funds are there. This has been approved. It's just, when is the implementation and who's going to take advantage of it?
1: Yeah. So that's your head is exactly where mine is, which is, Hey, I can get this score and put myself in position for very inexpensive. And we're doing that on purpose. I want number one, the farmers to be the ones that win in this because I'm a farmer too. I want to maximize this for my operation as well. So that's why we're trying to do it as cheap as possible. Um, It's put your ducks in a row. So the law was already passed last year. Now the IRS and department of treasury has to take the law and put it into the tax code. That's the holdup right now. And that's the risk in this. We know that the the law says what the math is going to be, which I'm still going to share how the math actually works out. Yep. But the law states that it'll be the GREET model developed by the Argonne Lab or models developed by the Argonne Lab, U.S. Department of Energy. It makes sense that the U.S. government would use the U.S. Department of Energy um, system. And, uh, and it says that it's due to start Jan 1 of 2025 and sunset at the end of 2027. It can always be renewed. It can always be altered and so on. But the main thing here is that fuel produced in 2025 is produced with that crop that's grown to 24, which is influenced by the practices that we're doing this fall. That's why we've got to drive this and be working on this. The only way you're going to get paid is if you've got every T crossed and I dotted in terms of documentation and data.
0: Yeah, guys, this is, real money. This here. is not your this is not your other carbon programs and throw any name out there that you want that you've had a crappy experience with. This is yeah. not those programs. This is not the laxaday's goal. Like you said, I mean 30, third party certified, verified. This is the real deal of hey, have your numbers in a row, get your get your house in order like you would with any other part of your operation. And be prepared to come to the table with something that is of value to drive this value proposition back right. into your acres.
1: And start having the conversations now and start saying, hey, I'm a producer that's going to have you know half a million bushels next year or 100,000 bushels next year or 20,000 bushels next year, whatever you are, and start having those conversations saying, hey... I've got my score today. I'm already at four and I'm, I'm going to work on some plans. I'm going to be at zero next year is what I anticipate. What's that going to be worth to you? How do you want me to document this? Start having those conversations because um, they're going to need volume. For the ethanol company to get any credit, they have to move their total footprint to be lower. Okay, so back to the full math here. I already mentioned the average gallon of ethanol in this country has a score of 55.5. The 45Z credit starts when you get a CI score below 50. So they already have to move a little bit with no credits. The ethanol companies, if they are, there's a lot of other red tape, of course, just like any credits, but the simple version here for lack of time, they earn two pennies per point reduced per gallon. So as they go from 50 to zero, they, two pennies. So if they're all all the way down to zero, they would earn a dollar a gallon. If they reduce their score all the way down to 25, they get 50 cents a gallon. Okay. If they reduce from 55 down to 40, they would get 20 cents a gallon.
0: Okay. And how many gallons, how many gallons are in a bushel of corn? This is where you're going, right? Yep. So then the conversion to the farmer is conservatively, one bushel of corn
1: creates 2.7 gallons of ethanol. So if you take the two pennies times 2.7, that's 5.4 cents Per CI point reduced per bushel. So on your farm, your score is four. Take 29.1 minus your 4.5, gets you the delta between the ba- benchmark and your score. Take that delta times 0.54 or 5.4 cents, and that gives you your whatever, where that ends up being a dollar or 30 some, whatever, dollar 40. And uh, that's the total pie. Once again, that's the value for the tax credits. And the farmer gets a cut out of that. But the main thing here is knowing what your score is and having a plan put in place to have as low of a score as possible that's economically viable. Of course, that's number one. You don't just have the lowest score for the sake of the lowest score. Get the most economically viable score. And then you got to document. And uh, and I mean, we're, we're just really trying to make sure that with our topsoil tool, I want to make sure that farmers own their own data, which is... our our data policy farmers own their own data it's 100 protected and private for them they control where the data goes and i want to put the farmer in the driver's seat here to have this conversation and 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 not it's it cannot be a farmers versus ethanol this is an amazing opportunity for collaboration in this and um there's substantial economic opportunity to go around and if we want these programs to be long term and tax credits to be extended, and if we want economic value coming back to our rural communities, this is a incredible opportunity for collaboration. And I see it driving an amazing opportunity for the animal ag industry, you know, low carbon pork, low carbon milk, low carbon everything else can follow this type of quantification methodology and this type of business model.
0: So, guys, this is different because you're already growing these products. You know, this is not an IP product that's coming in that processors, quite frankly, have botched in the past or have had users have bad experiences with the premium associated with it. This is products you're already using and users you're already working with. Now, the trick is, is what does this look like over the next 12 to 18 months? Because there is some uncertainty there. Yeah, Guys, this is something that if you don't have it in order, you're going to get left behind. One one thing that I wanted to, uh, you know, make a point on here, because I know that there's some people that are in this situation. I I asked you about this the other day, Mitchell, is I'm already 60% sold on my 2024 corn crop. And I asked you bluntly, you know, did I kind of screw the pooch on that one? And you said, well, you know, it, it kind of depends on is your delivery point eventually going to that end user, the ethanol? How do you track it? My question back was, okay, well, I can just buy those contracts out if it's the difference here. So, you know, talk to a producer that might be in a similar situation there.
1: Yeah. I I mean, it's still hard to tell exactly yet, but what it appears is that what's happening right now is when you deliver the contract, when you deliver the grain, they will ask for some information, ask for some data. And they're asking about what was your fertilizer? What was your yield? What we're using cover crop, which are diesel fuel, all this kind of stuff. And they're asking that to run a score and they might still be paying you a small premium back. So how I anticipate this will work is you get paid based on, the Chicago board of trade price, you know, influenced by whatever your local markets are. So you get paid on the, on the scale ticket, there will be the price for the crop minus your dockage and such, just like it is today. Then there'll be a new line item for 45 Z premium that I think you can still get tacked on. Okay. Um, Depending on, you know, where that grain is marketed. It's definitely talk with them and start having the conversations and saying, Hey, uh, this grain is subject to these tax credits and i'm going to have a really low carbon grain and i'm going to have a third party verified it's going to be legit mm-hmm. um do i can i get that added on to this contract or what's going to be your process right. they probably won't even know yet to yeah. be honest <laughs>
0: that, <laughs> I, that local I promise, grain buyer i i lovingly the end users that we're delivering to i or uh you know the local delivery points they are they're not going to have this in order right now just based on some preliminary conversations they're working towards it um but but the point and, and we're trying we're, to work with those guys too so i continue yes.
1: we're working to Direct with farmers and with independent agronomists and or with with agronomists and retailers we're working on the farm gate up and we're also working with biofuel manufacturers and with grain buyers from the top down um because it's got to be a two-way marketplace deal here so um i think those opportunities will still end up being there um but it's we gotta start having the conversations And, and
0: this is your chance as a farmer as a producer To push, you know, to lead up the chain of command here and say, Hey, you guys need to get this in order. We want to continue to work with you. Uh, Somebody just, I mean, it's just
1: tens of millions of dollars, you know, for each of these facilities and, and it's a tax credit. Okay. It's not a government subsidy or tax like payout or handout. The ethanol company will utilize these credits to offset their own tax liability. And then any excess credits can be sold on a secondary market. And there's insane markets for those tax credits, but um, they will pay the farmer cash as somewhat of a premium, basically buying your corn and then buying the data. And then they're going to go resell the excess tax credits in the secondary markets.
0: So does excess tax credit uh, dump on these other carbon programs that are out there currently? Why? why? Other carbon
1: programs will just be done. Like, because you can't sell the carbon twice, okay? You can't have sold your carbon in a carbon offset program and I'll resell it in a inset or a scope three program. You can't double dip. So, um, but it's basically the difference of $85 an acre versus
0: $15 yeah, an And acre. why does, and the point <laughs> yeah. here too is why does Pepsi want to go directly to the farmer other than if they can buy it cheaper, like, you know, maybe that's still a case or, you know, any company, Pepsi, whoever, why do they want to go to the farmer and screw around with all this other data entry? When they can just go to whoever your large ethanol producer is and say, oh, you have excess tax liability. Hey, let me get that from you.
1: Yeah. Hey, I'll buy those. Well, but and in, in, I don't know at that point, Pepsi, they're buying the tax credit. I don't know that they're actually buying the carbon story. I don't think they will be able to. Hmm. They're not buying a carbon offset. They're not buying any of that. The ethanol company itself, they have a long way to go actually be carbon neutral or carbon negative okay so the carbon piece pretty well is going to end with the ethanol until like until they layer on the pipelines and stuff like until we have the co2 pipelines carbon negative ethanol is pretty long way away so but they're selling the excess tax credits which any taxpaying company can purchase tax credits to offset their taxable income so uh or to offset the tax line. Oh, so, and, and I
0: guess that's where I'm getting at is I don't have the strongest belief necessarily. And this is Shea Folk's personal opinion that Pepsi really cares that much about reducing their pollution, carbon. their footprint. They, they're they looking at it from a dollars and cents standpoint. And, yeah. and what's the ethical long-term look uh, or what's the story that you tell there? So, okay. That's getting a little bit into the weeds. I'm, I'm going to bring it back in here. Um, so that's on pre-sale. Where do, where do beans fit into this? Where do other crops fit into this?
1: Same type of deal. Yeah. Soybeans is huge for the biodiesel, renewable diesel, sustainable aviation fuel is huge in this. Um, canola, the penny crests and stuff like that. Any of these other um, crops that are going into biofuels all plays a major role. The biggest issue there on soybeans is that one bushel of soybeans creates about a gallon and a half of, of, uh, biodiesel Hmm. so the conversion isn't as good from two pennies to the per bushel it's only three pennies per bushel per point reduces just kind of the rule of thumb number so that's the biggest difference there is just the dollars themselves aren't quite as exciting but still um still can be substantial and uh the quantification we do as well you know in topsoil but you pretty much got to be no-till with cover crops to make it work on soybeans
0: all right so people are listening to this. They're like, this is pie in the sky. This is good money. This seems great. There's always a catch, you know, Mitchell, what, not what's the catch, but what are you worried about? What's your concern with this? Is it getting through the next 18 months? Is it that the dollars go away? Is it that the processors are going to take advantage of the farmer? Uh, What do you, what are your concerns here? Um, The biggest
1: concern is the IRS screwing stuff up and delaying, they uh they already they have a whole bunch of these tax credits that were laid out to them with the inflation reduction act and they have to work through them one by one and develop the code um so that's really the big holdup is they've got this one on the back burner because it's not due to start until jan 1 2025 so they say oh we've got a lot of time you know we're not going to worry about that one well they don't understand that that's fuel produced in 25 again with the crop grown in 24 with the practices in 23 you know and even crop grown in 23, of course, that's being sold late and produced. So um, we need to get the, the methodology out there early. It's already passed through, you know, this, this section 45Z has made it through a couple different um, debt ceiling bill discussions, you know, and it's got really good bipartisan support. As long as it makes it through, um, you know, it doesn't get screwed up with the farm bill discussions as well, um, then we're going to be fine. But the big thing with it is good bipartisan support substantial financial opportunity for rural America for um, renewable fuel and to drive regenerative practices being adopted on farms.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So I want to, first of all, guys, there's probably other people that are doing this carbon intensity score out there. Uh, I'm guessing Continuum Ag is not the only one. Here's why I think that you should get with Continuum Ag, get with Mitchell, get with his team, uh, you know, he mentioned it beginning. Twenty-two states, twenty countries. He was in Brazil last week. Uh, yeah. You know, kissing babies, shaking hands, doing all the good stuff. Whatever, whatever he was doing down there, it doesn't matter. But the there's just so much um, that I think needs to correlate back to what we understand as farmers. And, and Mitchell gets it. His team gets it. They understand what the outlook is. They understand what the opportunity is. Uh, you know, Mitchell, you've been extremely uh, transparent and open, and I think honest with what the opportunity is here. I, I want you to take ninety seconds to to pitch why you think Continuum Mag is getting this right, and yeah. how you guys can ultimately just benefit the farmer. Like you said, you want the you want to put this in the farmer's hand. One hundred percent.
1: Other competitors in the space, FBN is doing some stuff. Farmers Business Network. They're working with Poet and with ADM. Um, other than that, I haven't heard a whole lot going on. Um, we're buddies with the folks at, at Verity and Jivo. They've been doing some things, um, and they've got some pilots going on and got some kind of smart commodity dollars. But the main thing for us is that we're working this for the independent farmers. You don't have to be locked in with the ethanol company. We're farmers as well. You own your own data. You're in the driver's seat. We really just want to make this uh, a big win for the farmers. And I think that's important for the biofuel folks and for policymakers too, that if there's not equitable sharing in this value, I don't think these policies are going to be renewed and going to be long-term. If the farmers get screwed over, the policymakers aren't going to want to renew the policies. If it's just oil and gas companies or ethanol companies getting rich, like it's, we got to think bigger picture here. We got to have equitable sharing for the folks that are creating the value in this. Um, And that's just what I want to enable is Open, you know, openness, honesty, transparency in this. We have an amazing tens of billions of dollars a year gift mm-hmm. going to the US ag and biofuel industry. We need to capitalize on this thing. And I'm just I just want more conversations to be had. I'm actually going to the Renewable Fuels Association meetings um in Des Moines the next couple of days um as we're recording this. Um joining joining the fuel associations, going to fuel. And policy conferences, you know, in my whole career, I've gone to just like ag events, you know, and we've kind of stayed in our own little circle and stayed in our own in my own lane, you know. But now it's my role, you know, to go and and help to drive these conversations with the grain off takers. But everybody listening to this can start having those conversations, asking your ethanol company what are they wanting to do, um, asking them, you know, what are their questions, and and helping them to understand this is really new it's kind of scary almost, you know, cause it's early and nobody wants to over promise and under deliver, but I'm working with insurance companies to start, you know, maybe rolling out some insurance products here, financial institutions. Um, you know, we already have third-party verifiers. We have data, like data stuff, like with the pieces are there to really make this legit. Um, my My piece is just, I want the farmers to have independence. And that's also what's cool on this like versus carbon other carbon programs there's no contract here yeah there's no contract you own this data it's when you sell the grain and the data we facilitate it for you we get a revenue share from the offtaker to facilitate that that's why we only charge 5 bucks that's it mm-hmm. that's our 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 program so just trying to make it as simple as possible cuz it is a lot of data it's a big lift but the dollars are substantial enough that you got to be paying attention here
0: you know my my father-in-law he made a interesting comment the other day i was in here in this office doing some work and i was telling him about a different program we were doing on a real estate project and i said you know i think it's going to have a pretty big financial impact on our bottom line there's dollars available yada yada, yada. and he just made the comment you know i always spent 95 percent of my time out doing stuff out you know another load of hog hog feed uh getting hogs out in the morning whatever and that was the right thing for the business at the time. But guys, if you're not taking time to sit in the office, go through this program, get your CI figured out, have these conversations, you're going to miss out on this opportunity. And the other thing that I wanted to say is it, it doesn't matter whether you agree with the Inflation Reduction Act or whether you agree with the Renewable Fuels Movement. It, it's here. It's it's now. And yeah. take the opportunity, take advantage of the dollars that are there that are meant to be put to use, that are meant to have end users like the farmers. Uh, Mitchell, I want to wrap up here with you, you made a comment. I wrote it down the five P's to ask your ethanol uh, plants, you know, what is your program? Uh, What premiums are you offering? And these are your words. So you, you did it. I love this. I'm (laughs) going to steal this. I I didn't
1: know that I had the five P's. What's your program?
0: (laughs) What premium are you offering? How are you facilitating payment to the farmer? What's your pilot program or, or what can I be doing right now? And then who are you partnering with on software on data collection? whatever it may be, okay? So take those back to your ethanol, uh, your your plants, your providers, your renewable fuels, whoever you're working with, take those five P's to them, start having formal discussions here, uh, get on to Continuum Ag, figure out what your CI is, get registered, get that information rolling, figure out how you can work with Mitchell and his team. Uh, Mitchell, what's your, what's your final take home? What else do they need to be doing here? What's actionable?
1: No, we nailed it, we nailed it. Um, I mean, you gotta be taking action here this fall too. Get the yeah. cover crop out there. Um, utilize manure instead of synthetics if you can um, you know cut back on those synthetic inputs and stuff um, if at all possible utilize the stabilizers or biologicals like other good for our practices because this is all about efficiency Hmm. be efficient understand what your score is and produce a a, a profitable low carbon crop in 2024 and you're sitting up for great success but document everything too that's the only way you're going to get paid you've got to document and. Every claim that you make, whether it be your fuel that you use, the fertilizer that you use, the cover crop that you use, you're gonna to have to prove it. Yep. We're talking about a federal program here. I mean, if we're lying and stuff on this, that's called fraud. Yeah. So we got to really be diligent, cross our T's, dot our I's. But this is absolutely where where this is. Uh, I I just see this expanding in, into other verticals and into you know, water positive markets and biodiverse po- positive markets. Like it's going to be more than just carbon here too, but huge opportunity um and more people need to be just talking about it.
0: Yep. That's um, but we... topswell.ag
1: was the, the software and stuff too. If you just go to topswell.ag, but the website you can learn more to go to continuum.ag. That's c o n t i n u u m. dot um, but topsell.ag is directed to the software. My people are happy to help you out.
0: Mitchell, great conversation. We need to share the message. Uh, we need to get out to the farmers. That's why we wanted to have you on the Egg view pitch. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's been fun. Thanks, Shay. Absolutely. And thank you everyone for listening and we will catch you next time on the Egg view pitch.